Hey everyone, it's Simon here, and on behalf of Maria and I, I want to thank you for checking out our podcast, and I want to encourage you to check out our website. On there, we have all of our upcoming events, in-person services, gatherings all over the place, and if you're looking for a church in the MacArthur region, check it out. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, it's all there. We'd love to get to know you. Let's get to the podcast. Last week, we started a new series called Un. Tangled, untangled. And uh, we see in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Jesus shares this parable called the parable of the sower. And for those who don't know it, he, he tells this metaphoric story about a farmer who goes out to plant seed and he starts throwing seed around. And the seed lands on four different types of ground. Uh, the first is a footpath where it's just trampled by people and birds eat it. The second is rocky soil, where the seed doesn't get deep roots. So when the sun comes out, it scorches the plant as it's growing because it has no roots and it dies. Uh, And then the third, it falls amongst thorns and weeds and the thorns strangle the plant and it never grows and produces a crop. And then the fourth is a seed that lands in good soil and it produces 40, 60, 100 times what was planted. And of course, the disciples ask Jesus, hey, what does this story mean? What does this parable mean? And we learn from Jesus' explanation that the seed is representative of God's word, of the gospel. And the soil is representative of uh, the hearts of man, the hearts, your heart, my heart. It's like we've got a little patch of ground like uh, in our heart, and, and it determines our receptivity toward God's word. And he goes on to explain it in Matthew 13, verse 19. It says this, the seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. And then verse 22 is our focus verse for this series. It says this, the seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth. So no fruit is produced. And then the final seed in verse 23, the seed that fell on the good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even a hundred times as much as had been planted. So the seed is God's word, the soil is the hearts of people, and the goal is fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. And I think this is important to note because the world would have its own version of success for your life, but God also has his version, his definition of success, and that is fruitfulness, Christ-likeness, spiritual maturity, and reproducing yourself, meaning that the seed that was placed in you of the gospel, of God's word, would be passed on to others. There'd be a multiplication effect. And of those four different types of soil that Jesus talks about in the parable of the sower, only one produces fruit. And and we know many believers today, and you might even say it might be your life today, and sometimes it can be my life, where we find ourselves to be a bit like that third seed, the, the, the seed that's planted among the thorns, where we're tangled up by the worries of life, trapped by the temptations 
of wealth and other things crowded by the cares, riches, and pleasures of this life. Settling for small and futile instead of growing tall and fertile. And and what does Jesus say about that third seed, about the tangled seed? Well, he said that they never grow into maturity and they don't produce fruit. Now, I want to be a fruitful Christian, right? I want to live fruitful. I want to live untangled. Do you today? Like if we only have one life to live, I want to live a life filled with being fruitful for God, for his glory. Amen. Do you, is that your desire today? So we started last week by looking, uh, by setting a foundation and looking at the state of the soil in our heart, in our life. And you know, it's springtime uh, out front of my house. Uh, We have a lawn and we're constantly battling the clovers. They don't really affect the backyard too much. It's out front, man. I'm, I'm in like chemical warfare right now with the clovers and I want to defeat those things so I can have a good luscious lawn before the winter kicks in, right? And it's the same when it comes to the things of God in our lives. But with a, if we have a lack of maintenance and boundary, and, and order and godly priority, it leads to the things of God being choked out of our lives, like those clovers that just can take over my lawn. Uh, the, the priorities of God can be pressed out of our, our life, our thought life, our day-to-day, our finances, our family, and I want to live untangled. Do you want to live untangled today? So we started last week by looking at seeds of chaos and how we must adopt the wisdom of godly order in our lives, in our soil. Now, look, it was a big topic and much of, you know, the the rest of this series is really building off the foundation of that first part. So if you missed it, okay, if you weren't at church last week, check out the podcast, listen to it, listen to it on one and a half speed if you have to, but listen, get it get a grasp of what we're talking about when we're talking about bringing godly order in our lives. And the reason why that's important is because seeds don't grow from the outside in. They grow from the inside out and they take to the soil they are placed in. And if our life is just filled with chaos and not godly order, we will never grow. The worries of life will continue to strangle the things of God out of our life. So let's continue this week as we embark on a bit of a weed and feed, I'm calling it, uh, over the next number of weeks. So today I want to talk about what Jesus mentioned specifically in uh, the, the explanation of the parable of the sower, and that is the worries of life. The worries of life. Weeds of worry. It says right there in Matthew 1322, we just read it. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by what? By the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. Let's read it from Mark, where it's mentioned as well in chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. The seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life. There it is again. The lure of wealth and the desire for other things, so no fruit is produced. And lastly, from Luke, it says in Luke 8, 14, the seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. And so they never grow into maturity. So all of these accounts mention the same thing, and that is 
the worries of life. Weeds of worry. Uh, What do you worry about? What brings you anxiety in your day-to-day life? Now, I'm not talking about, just want to say this up front, I'm not talking about uh, anxiety disorders or people who have, you know, diagnosed mental health struggles in this area. Although I, I hope and pray that the word today would encourage you if you're in the middle of that battle with anxiety uh, in your life. But I, I'm, I'm more so talking about the, the worries of life that we all experience. You, you might consider yourself to be an easygoing person, someone that's not really phased too much, but we all battle with worry at some point in our lives, we worry about a job, bills to pay, a relationship, um, your children. Oh my goodness! Like you have children, you worry about your children from time to time. Their health, their their growth, their all sorts of stuff, right? Their, their lack of wanting to eat vegetables. All all sorts of things can can worry us when it comes to our children. You, we worry about our future from time to time. We worry about our parents. You know, as we grow older and our parents grow older, we worry about our health, all sorts of stuff. And it's interesting to me that Jesus specifically identifies worry as a weed that can choke out the word of God from our lives. And it is so true. Jesus was not ignorant to the worries of life. No, he wasn't. He specifically mentions them. Let's check this out in Matthew chapter 6. Um, and this is a, a, a bit of a, a portion of scripture here, but I want us to really uh, drink in Jesus' words here. Listen to what he says about worry. He says this in Matthew six twenty-five to 34. This is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? In verse 28, and why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautiful as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Verse 31, so don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. So in this portion of scripture, Jesus encourages us not to worry like four times. Hey, don't worry. Or why worry? Don't worry. And like, need we say more? I mean, Jesus is offering his perspective on this whole uh, weed of worry. And when you think about it, the worries of a first century Jewish person, just first century people, are were crazy compared to the like we we worry about 
food options. These people were worrying about food as an option. <laughs> like they needed food. They need, you know, we, we're sitting there thinking, oh, what should I have for dinner today? McDonald's, KFC, oh, Hungry Jacks, I'm not sure. You know, these people, you know, it, it could have been considered a huge struggle for them to just have those essential needs in their life that we just take for granted. And that's not to say though that we don't have our own worries and the weight of worry in our life. We have all sorts of other things that we need to consider in our life. But I think Jesus' words here, uh, they, they ring true today more than ever. And I think we can take a few things from what he just spoke to us about in that passage. And that is, one, worry is largely to do with perspective. It says in verse 25, isn't life more than food? and your body more than clothing. And often our worries are just magnifying things that are so small in comparison to the light of eternity or God's perspective on things. You know, if we're Christians, come on, are you a Christian today? I'm a Christian. We're born again. We're kingdom people. We should have a kingdom perspective, right? We should be able to look at, at what is temporal in my life, in your life, my life. We, we should look at our, our lives and, and the things that, that burden us as but a moment in the light of eternity. I mean, it certainly helps put my worries in perspective when I live with a God perspective. Do you agree? And Jesus alludes to this in verse 27. He says, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Well, the truth is that they take moments from our life, all our worries. They, they deduct from our joy and our peace. And Jesus even continues to say, hey, like, look at the birds. Look at the flowers. Come on. Get a kingdom perspective to help just peg your, your worries down a little bit. And when confronted with the weeds of worry, we need to ask the question, and this might seem like a large philosophical question, but it's very relevant to us as Christians. As a Christian, ask this question. As a Christian, as a child of God, standing on God's truth, what is the worst thing that can happen to me in the light of eternity? I mean, like you're facing a, a health worry. You could die. But then we enter eternity. It says in the word that to live is Christ, to die is gain. I'm just saying it doesn't mean that that the struggles we go through aren't significant. And and and. But I'll just say having a kingdom perspective will help us deal with the weeds of worry that can so easily choke out God's word and God's truth in our lives, allowing things more spotlight than they deserve. Come on, let's not allow worry to have all the spotlight. Another thing that we can notice through what Jesus is saying here is that worry takes place in my thought life. He says in verse 32, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. So our thought life can so easily be choked up with the weeds of worry, that, that battlefield of the mind. And also we see uh, in Jesus' teaching here, that worry can often be a reflection of my priorities. It says in verse 33, Jesus saying, Seek the kingdom above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. And often we worry because we are caring and caring about things that really are not ours to care or carry. <laughs> what a cares and carries there. But Jesus said, hey, take my yoke upon you, he says. Come on, seek my kingdom first. And we spoke about it last week. When my life is out of order, 
when my priorities are out of order, when God stuff in my life is like way down the track and we start putting these other temporal earthly things uh, above the things of God, don't be surprised when the weeds of worry start to flourish in your life and the things of God get crowded out. Come on, quit seeking the world's approval and the world's achievements and the world's version of success. Seek God first. Embrace God's way. Amen. Go all in for him. Let's not be half-baked Christians. Let's go all in for him. The weeds of worry, obstructing our perspective, crowding our thought life, choking up the things of God out of our priorities. So what do we do with worry? How do we overcome it? Uh, I think there's an element of our lives that we, we, we will always struggle at times with worry. It's just that tension of living between, uh, you know, here and eternity, right? Uh, obviously, we want peace. We want hope. We want to be able to trust in God in the face of worrisome situations. Um, and we all have struggles with our perspective and our thought life and our priorities from time to time. So what do we do when the weeds of worry start to rise and take over the things of God in our life. Well, we go to God's word. This is what we do. We live by God's truth. Not just motivational quotes on Pinterest. No, God's truth. And what does God's word say? Well, it says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 to 7. Like, read this with me. Take, listen to this. He, Peter's saying, So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. And let's read it from the English Standard Version. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. God's word says we must continuously it's not just a one and done thing. No, we must continuously surrender our worries to God. Why? Because he cares about us. He cares about the details of your life. He's not just up there, this disinterested God. Oh yeah, whatever. No, no. He cares about, the Bible says he knows how many hairs are on your head, which for me is very complicated. But come on, he knows he cares about us. Give it to him. What's burdening you? What's worrying you? What's weighing you down? What's choking you up? Give it to him. Cast it on him. Keep casting it on him. Those verses, those verses start with the words, humble yourself. You know, my kids, they're so funny. Gotta love kids. But my boys, they always, they try to do something themselves, like whether it's, um, even a puzzle or or trying to open a container or something like the other day Roger was playing with Play-Doh and he's trying to open the lid of the Play-Doh and he's I can hear him struggling Arr! Arr! and he's he's like worry and then he throws it on the ground he's, he's fired up right and we tell our kids all the time hey listen of course try stuff but if you're struggling say mom dad help me and we will help you. Come on, ask for help, right? Our Heavenly Father cares for us in that way. This is what Jesus was saying to us. He's saying, give your worries to God because he cares for you. Jesus says, our Heavenly Father knows everything we need. Come on, when our pride, our perspective, our lack of perspective, and our out-of-order priorities uh, 
get in the way. Don't let them fool you into thinking you can do it all yourself. You weren't designed to carry the burdens of life by yourself. No, your heavenly father cares for you. Humble yourself. Give your worries to God because he cares for you. And sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes our worries can be rooted in pride that we just want to do it all ourselves. And I can do it. I can achieve. I can, uh, you know, and we, we refuse to surrender and humble ourselves before God and know that our success or our lack of success is in the hands of God, not in my achievements, right? Let's read what it says in Philippians chapter four, verse six. We're going to God's word for our worries, right? We're not going to the world. No, we're going to God's word. What does Philippians chapter four, verse six to seven say? Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Come on, replace your worry with prayer. Replace your worry with prayer. Release control of God and replace your worries with prayers. Come on, speak the truth of his word in to your thought life. Bring what is foundational to the foreground. You know, we take foundational things for granted. It's not like we walk around our house and go, oh, I'm just so grateful that this house is on on, on a, a cement foundation and it won't, t-. you know, we just, some things, they just happen in the background. We never really think about it. And you know, foundations never get any credit, do they? It's what we all focus on the, the fancy stuff, the facades, you know, all this kind of stuff. But hey, let's bring God's truth, God's foundation to the foreground. Bring the foundation of God's word to the foreground of your thought life. When the weeds of worry rise, uproot them with prayer and God's truth. You know, Maria and I, many of you know, uh, we are, uh, we're having a baby in January. Uh, a little girl. We're very, very excited. And you know, some people kind of breeze through pregnancy and it's like all good. But for us, pregnancy, the whole journey of pregnancy is very nerve wracking. You know, we, we, um, we experienced the miscarriage in our first pregnancy. And, you know, so ultrasounds to us are just like nerve wracking. It's like, oh my gosh, this is, you know, uh, yeah. And, and I, I know uh, spe- specifically when we, uh, were about to have Elliot. So, We'd had a miscarriage and we're having our our first child, I guess. Um, but we were, were struggling a bit with worry and anxiety. You know, it kind of shoots your confidence in, in the whole process of pregnancy when you go through a miscarriage. And I remember uh, we decided instead of being passive and letting the weeds of worry to choke out God's peace and God's truth in our lives, we took that scripture, Philippians 4. And some other scriptures too. And we would pray through the I remember I remember specifically before ultrasounds. Uh take I had all these scriptures saved in my phone. And I would when worry would start to rise. When anxiety and oh, impending oh no, what if what if they can't find a heart? Oh, we haven't felt the baby move. Oh, you know, when worry would rise, do you know what I would do? I'd pull out my phone and I would read Philippians 4. Don't worry about this baby. Instead, pray about this baby. Come on. And then the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds as as we live in Christ Jesus. Come on. 
Not as we struggle in Christ Jesus. No, no. As we live in Christ Jesus. I would declare these scriptures and I would watch the weeds of worry fade away as I, as both Maria and I clung to God's truth. Come on. We need to release our worries to God. Absolutely. But also we need to replace our worries with God's truth. Release and replace. Amen. Amen. So bring order to chaos. You know, this is why we started with the whole chaos thing last week, because we, we when things are out of whack, it's just the fruits of chaos are worry and, and anxiety and everything's a mess, right? No, no, we need to humble ourselves, surrender our worries to God, release our worries to God and replace them with God's truth. And let's experience God's peace. What's worrying you today? What's worrying you today? Is the weeds, are the weeds of worry choking out the things of God in your life? Come on, let's release them to God and let's replace them with God's truth. Can I pray for you today? Come on, let me pray. Wherever you are, whether you're watching later in the week, listening on a podcast or, or with us in our, our, our live hosted room on a Sunday, I want to pray for you. Come on, let's pray. Lord, this morning, we, or this afternoon, wherever people are today, we release our worries to you. Whatever is choking us up, whatever is weighing us down, we release our worries into your hands, Heavenly Father, because we know you care for us. You do. You care for us. I thank you that you care for us and you know what we need. So we release our worries to you. And today we replace them with God's truth. And God's truth is that you will never leave us nor forsake us, that we are victorious in Christ Jesus, that even if this temporal life is filled with struggles. We will enter a an amazing eternity one day. We end up winning because of what you have achieved on the cross. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Lord, by the Holy Spirit, would you just rest on your people today with peace. Let peace rest on households. Let peace rest on on on. Uh, relationships that are worrisome. Let peace rest on circumstances where things have been, uh, where the things of God have been choked out by the weeds of worry. Let your peace reign in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you're watching today and you know you, uh, you know, one of the biggest worries that people have is the worry of where they're going to end up once this life is finished. Uh, you know, we worry. People do worry. Oh, am I going to get to heaven one day? Well, let me tell you something. When you put your faith and trust in Jesus. The Bible says that whoever calls upon the name of Jesus will be saved. What does it mean to be saved? Well, it means to have your sin washed away. It means that you know you will enter heaven one day, not based upon how good or bad you've been, because we've all sinned, but based upon God's goodness. What Jesus achieved on the cross. You know, he went to the cross and he died the punishment we deserved right? He, he suffered so that we would be forgiven and saved. And the first step of that is just like we release our worries to God, we need to release, we need to give, surrender our life to Christ. We need to believe in him and what he is offering us. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to say a prayer and the words are going to come up on the screen. And I want you to pray this prayer to God. In this prayer, there is a surrendering to God. In this prayer is saying, God, I, I, I want to start this journey with you today of becoming a Christian and knowing that I don't have to worry about my eternity anymore, but I can, I can walk in your truth, walk knowing that you have forgiven me, that your 
peace, that your love rests upon my life and I can follow you all the days of my life. Come on, let's pray this. If you want to pray this, you pray it to God yourself. Here we go. Dear Jesus, I pray to you today and I ask you to forgive my sin. I give my heart to you. I believe in you. I believe you came and that you gave your life on the cross for my sin. I believe you rose again. And today I receive by faith your forgiveness and friendship. I thank you that I will enter heaven one day to be with you forever. Help me on this journey of following you. Amen. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we want to help you. We would love for you to come to church in a couple weeks in person. If you're in our area, get in contact. You can send us a message on Instagram, Facebook, or you can click the connect with us button on our website and fill out a very simple form. We would love to give you a Bible, get a coffee. Uh, if, if you're a lady, Maria would love to get a coffee with you, answer any questions, pray with you and help you on this journey of following God. It's amazing. Well, hey, we hope you have an amazing uh, long weekend and also go the Panthers. Have a blessed week. We'll see you next week with Pastor Dan for all the way from Phoenix. Looking forward to that. Talk to you soon.